One, two, three o'clock, four o'clock, rock. Five, six, seven o'clock, eight o'clock, rock. Nine, ten, eleven o'clock, twelve o'clock, rock. We're gonna rock around the clock tonight. Put your strap bags on. Join me, hot. I'm Dan, your host for Rockin' All Week with you, the Happy Days Podcast. This is Season 2, Episode 4, or Episode 12. Yay! And we are in Season 2. We are talking the 7th and 8th episodes of Season 2. Wish Upon a Star, and Not With My Sister You Don't. And they're, they're good. I think they're a pretty good batch of episodes. I'm not, I'm not going to go too into them here. Uh, but uh, I'm going to play you a little blast of something, then I will be right back and we will discuss Wish Upon a Star. And my arms, a girl with all the charms of you. Venus, make her fair. I love the girl with sunlight in her hair. And take the brightest stars up in the skies and place them in her eyes for me. Wish Upon a Star, original air date November 12th, 1974, so two weeks after the Halloween episode. Written by Dick Bensfield and Perry Grant and directed by Herb Wallerstein. Ah, the opening credits, they, they keep jumping around in this season of Law. I don't know if it's, it's, a, it's a DVD thing or, or whether it actually was. Uh, this one, uh, the, I'll, just, I'll just give you briefly uh, the, the opening credit scenes in this one. Ralph with a megaphone, Marsha stuffs a hamburger in it. Stuff a hamburger in it. Uh, Potsy opening up the photo booth and the Fonz is in there and the Fonz gives him the look. Uh, let's see, a uh, Marsha with the dummy and the head falls off. Classic stuff. Uh, Ralph looking like he's making out in the photo booth. He's faking. Where's Richie? Uh, the ketchup thing, which I always love because it looks so, uh, you know, natural. Uh, more of Ralph with the salt shaker and all the salt. Uh, kissing Wendy. Um, and she smashes Potsy with a banana split. And uh, Ralph and his gal falling out of the car, and Potsy laughs, and Richie has a look on his face like, oh, it's this kind of show. So that's, um, yeah, where was Richie <laughs> and all that? You'd think it was the Ralph Malf show with all the shots of Ralph, or maybe this was prepping that Ralph and uh, Ralph and Potsy uh, spinoff that never happened. You remember, but it was like season five whenever they moved into uh, the apartment together. There was going to be a spinoff. Uh, it, it didn't happen, and it, it probably shouldn't have happened. In this episode, there is a contest being held. Uh, uh, win a date with movie star Cindy Shea, played by Cheryl Ladd, for heaven's sake. Uh, take her to the homecoming dance. And, uh, you know, 25 cents a chance. Cindy Shea at the homecoming dance, which is also sort of victory dance for, I guess, football. Uh, well, I guess that's what our homecoming was for. Um, and we'll talk about the, I don't know, the, the timing of this season is screwier than... You know, I don't know. Watching the the six series of the uh, current run of Doctor Who, I don't know. It's it's just so nutty. So so Richie is there with Gloria, and um, they look uh, the the way they sort of talk and the way R Ralph and Potsy respond to them. Oh, he's in love again. Uh, implies to me that this is not the the timeline for them is also askew. Uh, but we'll talk about that again. Now Richie. Uh, talking about taking her out on a date, uh, maybe a hayride or something. I forget exactly what it is he says to her. But he wins the date. And uh, Gloria says, okay, you know, go on the date. You know, it'll be, you'll have a great time, you know. And, and she he, she mentions Frankie Avalon. 
at this point, you know, and says, I guess if Frankie Avalon came along, she, you know, go out with him. Hey, Linda Pearl, Frankie Avalon. Sure, why not? Why not? And yeah, and so Richie, um, it, it's one of those episodes where, where Ralph and Potsy are very much, oh my God, you're going out with Cindy Shea. She's the star of Calypso. Uh, no, she's making Calypso Beach. She, they watch her in another movie, which is kind of a um, chintzy looking romance kind of thing. And um, her, her leg kicks up. When she kisses, uh, which they say is a big thing, and which I think, I think when I was a kid, I I saw this episode and that thing about when you kiss a gal, if her leg she kicks up her leg, that's a good kiss. It's like it's like when you pet a dog, rub a dog on their their stomach, and I'm gonna do that to my dog right now. I'm kidding, George. He's just eaten. We gotta let him relax. But you know, it's like when you rub a dog on their tummy and they go, you know, with their back leg. It's like if you kiss a girl just right, you hit something that makes their boing, the leg go up. And I think, I think when I was a kid, like when I, it's funny. I think I kissed the the first girl I ever kissed. I think was in high school, and we were both like sitting on a, we were both like sharing a. Um, uh, like a, a lazy boy recliner and we just started making out so no one's legs went anywhere because there was really no room for it but I always thought boing the leg goes up and uh, anyway uh, so yeah and and so it, it's one of those things where yeah Ralph, oh my, Ralph and Potts are like oh my god you're gonna go out with her oh my god she's so incredible and then Mr. C's like I don't know about you going out with uh, uh, someone from Hollywood because they're all like fatty Arbuckle there he doesn't say that but the implication is there Mrs. C is sort of nah don't worry about it and Joni has this great magazine I forget the name of it now the expose I think that has like um an ad for like um bust bust uh increasing cream or something like that i forget i forget what she says uh but it's it's pretty great and um uh so so yeah so and like the Fonz is giving him advice and the guys are like oh my god this is gonna be incredible and he's and, and richie kind of does a dumb thing where he kind of raffles off his friends to gloria because gloria won't have a date and gloria gets mad at him and he kind of loses gloria and he does go out with her, and she she comes to his house with in a limo with her photographer. Uh, but then he learns immediately that she actually has like a roller derby to go to, uh, uh, and like two other high schools to go to, and she'll meet him at the end of the dance. So he goes to the dance. Everyone thinks she, she stood him up, uh, but then she shows up, and they hang out, and they dance, and she won't dance with the Fonz. That's how much she's sort of dancing with Richie. And she says, "Come back to my place, and I'll leave it there." Oh boy. Uh, the episode, sort of, uh, story-wise, is is a repeat of all the way the very first sort of regular episode of the show, uh, except except at this point we are t- t- that's twenty two episodes f- further farther further farther along, and we can uh, we have all the characters react. Hey, George, George the dog heard me uh, heard me heard me talking. How you doing, George? Um, uh, we have all the characters uh we have all the characters now uh not doing their sort of first appearance you know like this is the way Joni Joni well Joni was just a sassy one that um that first time around but Joni's a lot more fun here and we we know Mr. And Mrs. C more and and you know like Mrs. C tries to stop Mr. C from um uh uh, how you doing, George? He's going crazy on me here. Uh, Mr. C tries to stop Mr. C from giving a speech he's going to give about people in Hollywood, which is fine. And she knows exactly what the speech is going to be. And, and Ralph and Potsy act exactly more or less the way they... It's just it's interesting to compare the two because obviously um, they're both... You know, they both end up being wrong. Um, the, uh, the reputation that the gal has in all the way is one she hasn't earned, but she doesn't particularly care. Uh, the Hollywood reputation here is something that that that's uh, Cindy Shea doesn't even seem to sort of acknowledge in it. Um, uh, but we'll we'll talk we'll talk about all of it. I like the way the episode is written. I like the way it's put together. I like there are a lot of little touches, little bits and bobs here and there. This is one of those episodes where, when I read the plot synopsis before I started watching, I was like, oh that one. Uh, with the um, everybody acts kind of dumb and then Richie acts dumb and the star is kind of rude but that's not actually the way it is at all it's like it's like the through line is is like I told you everyone's acting the way they're acting and the interesting thing with Cindy is that I, I, I the thing I like about it is that regardless of what everybody else in Milwaukee is doing Cindy and her photographer have sort of 
the thing they're doing, which um, forms uh, Richie's sort of day and stuff like that. You know, uh, uh, you know, she uh, she dances with Richie a lot because she's exhausted, and uh, you know, and she smokes and she drinks, which the guys didn't think about her, but which is the sort of thing Mister um, Mister C would have thought exactly. And you know, she's there. She is there for publicity for her new film Calypso Beach. And she's lovely. She's Cheryl Ladd. I didn't realize she was Cheryl Ladd the first time I watched her. She has a bit of um, sort of like a, a sort of almost, yeah, I guess Cheryl Ladd mixed with like a sort of a sexy, well, I, I don't know, I already think she like a Parker Posey almost kind of look to her, but kind of like a more glamorous kind of thing, which I like. And um, and it, it, it's interesting that uh, it's, it's tough with this episode because I, I watched it twice and the second time I watched it, it actually took me an hour to watch it because I kept pausing it and talking to myself about it, writing little notes that unfortunately aren't terribly helpful now. Uh, it's it's sort of like Richie is caught up in um like a whirlwind here. He he doesn't he it doesn't seem interested at first, but it doesn't really seem to get jazzed up about it until Gloria says like hit the skids. And then he kind of does, and then he thinks he's going to the the dance with her. Eventually, she shows up, and then he winds up at her apartment. And she says, "I'm going to slip into something more comfortable." And it's weird because she's doing sort of all these little things that one might think, you know, means that like, you know, do you want to come up to my apartment afterwards? Um, yes. Do you mind if I slip into something more comfortable? Not at all. You know, and Richie puts on the, the music and, and the soft lights and he embarrasses himself a bit. Not terribly, not terribly, but he does a bit. Uh, there's there's just a lot of great incidental stuff in here. The the scene with the Fonz uh, talking about, you know, don't worry about Gloria, she's small potatoes. You know, Cindy Shea, she's big time. And I, I love how Cindy Shea really just snubs the Fonz, which which kind of is the, is, is the, the part of the joy of is like, the, what's the Fonz doing at the homecoming dance, if I may ask? Uh, having said that, uh, there there is something about the Fonz. Um, uh, uh, it's, it's, it's funny. It's almost the opposite of a character like Uncle Joe on Petticoat Junction, where in Petticoat Junction in Hooterville, Everyone kind of laughs at Uncle Joe and knows everything he does is bluster and silly. But there's an episode where him and him and Billy Joel, Billy Joel, Billy Joe, yeah, that second wind, I got it. Uh, him and Billy Joel go out of town for Billy Joel's doing a, a singing gig, and she, he's kind of managing, chaperoning her. And she comes back and says something like, "You know what? We kind of make fun of him here for having all these schemes and being lazy and everything's fails and da da da." But when he was out there with all these other business people, he was one of them. He was schmoozing it up. He was big time. Whereas the Fonz is kind of opposite in that the Fonz is big time in Milwaukee, but Cindy Shea, who's big time in Hollywood right now, is like, "No, thank you." You know, and she doesn't even care that he has. You know, he's like a, he's got the the greaser bad boy look, which maybe is going out of style if this is the end of the fifties and and beach party movies are coming in. But beach party movies don't really start in any way, shape, or form proper until is Gage of fifty eight, I think. Um, I, I don't. I, well, we'll talk about. I've said we'll talk about a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff to talk about in this episode, and I hope I'm hitting. It's, I'm trying not to talk for forever. Uh, but I hope I'm hitting the points I can hit and hitting them um, uh, uh, swiftly enough. Um, I like Cindy in this. Um, I don't know why I, I remembered her as being kind of a jerk. She's not. She she does say a couple. I mean, like I said, they they have two occasions in here where they don't tell Richie something that they should. Which leads Richie down a path where it's suddenly like, oh, there's a wall. And uh, it's it's interesting to see because you don't, you you don't. I didn't expect either of those moments to be honest. And I guess I guess I'll say what the. I mean, it's happy days. I mean, am I really am I really spoiling it? This isn't like, yeah, this isn't like a huge climactic thing where where spoilers will 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 ruin your life. Um, but but the the two the two big moments is the one is we're going on ahead we'll meet you at the dance because that kind of like he really could have gone with Gloria then because she doesn't show up till the end 
And because Gloria kind of more or less vanishes from the episode after she she kind of you know throws uh, Richie's sweater over his head, which is too bad. Um, and and then the other one is, and I guess this is a spoiler, changes to something more comfortable. She is changing actually into something more comfortable, like a t-shirt and sweatpants. And um, the photographer shows up, and the photographer's her husband, and they're happily married, but they keep they keep it under wraps because it wouldn't be good for her image. And Richie is disappointed. I don't know exactly what Richie thought was going to happen. I mean, I, I guess what it comes down to is all those guys are super excited about getting a date with her. Richie does, and he has to figure out what to do with Gloria, and his dad is the one to tell him immediately, watch out for those women from Hollywood, because they're all... They'll go right for it. They'll they'll go down there, and they'll go right on it. You know what I mean? And and uh, so, so it's like his dad tells him that, and then the Fonz kind of tells him that, and then as it goes along, Richie and Patsy never quite do, but they expect sort of that... And so it goes from him not really caring to him thinking, oh my gosh, this could be something. Although Richie, I think, is smarter than that. And I think in the back of his mind, he knows this is going to go nowhere. However, if I was in high school and I, I don't know, I'm trying to think, I'd want to date with Winona Ryder or something like that. Uh, that dates me to to a certain point, to a certain extent. Christina Applegate, I don't know. Um, uh, if you know, if I'd want to date with one of them, and they were like, "Yeah, come on back to my apartment. Come on back to my hotel. Uh, not apartment. Come on back to my hotel room, uh, and uh, I'll slip into something more comfortable." I would have been like, I, you know, in my mind, I, I, I would have been. I'm, I am, I am the Raymond Griffith. Of stuff like that. Raymond Griffith was a silent comedian. When they do put up the list of silent comedians, it's usually like Chaplin, Keaton, Lloyd, then Harry Langdon, set Laurel and Hardy aside because they were a team, and then after Harry Langdon is Raymond Griffith. He's only down that low because we only have a few of his films existing. But Raymond Griffith's character was kind of this suave-looking gentleman who would just go with the flow. There's a film called Paths to Paradise, where he gets involved with the jewel robbery and this huge car chase, and then another huge car chase, which unfortunately is lost. Um, and he does it all because he just goes with the flow. He's just going with the flow. And that he just wants to see how this will play out. And I, I like to think that maybe that's... Richie, in some part of his mind, is like, oh my gosh, can I get to second base? I don't even know what the bases are. I've never figured out what the bases are. Second base might involve touching a boob or something. I don't know. And I don't mean like touching Jethro Bodine. I'm, you, you know what I mean. Um, so, so I, 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 I think, I think the, the, the look he has on his face up until the point where he's sitting on the couch and he's got the soft music playing, and he's kind of being a goofball. Most of the time, the sort of, I think to me, what I see is him being like, okay, let's see where this is going. Let's see how this plays out. Because one has to wonder, because he, he's sitting on the couch and he's kind of like pretending he's talking to her. And then the photographer, her husband, walks in, says who he is. And he's like, oh, maybe I should go. Then she walks in and says, I hope you don't mind that I invited Richie back. He was the nicest boy I've met, you know, in ages. And, you know, I thought we could just hang out for a bit. And they get hot cocoa together and hang out. And they have hot cocoa and they talk. And I imagine it's a pretty kick-ass evening. But, but there is like a, a, a wondering of like, where is this? I mean, and that's the thing is, Cindy is really sweet, but she's also, as she's career driven, as is her husband, and and so they are. It's not misdirection. Uh, some of it is misdirection, I suppose. It's just they're leaving out certain central facts or certain central bits that um, would help Richie. You know, maybe if they just said, Richie, you know what? I know what you're thinking. I know what you've heard about people from Hollywood. He's my husband, but I would like you to come on up and just hang out for a while. You know, I, I rarely get to just hang out with someone who who I, I like and just talk. Let's talk. You know, but she doesn't. She kind of, um, yeah, you know, does her thing. And Richie breaks a record that is Love Me Tender, Jailhouse Rock. Um, he does say his favorite singer is Margaret Truman. Um I'm just I'm just going through random things in my head right here, which kind of embarrasses him a bit. Uh, but um, yeah, I, I, the thing I like about Cindy is that Cindy is never never for a moment is she like, oh you dumb kid, 
or anything like that. I think I think she knows she obviously knows her power. I mean, she makes Mister C into a baby, 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 baby kind of guy, and and she can see how she affects everyone. And she's really good at what she does too, because she has a moment where it's supposed to be the victory dance, and she and she obviously hasn't seen the game. Why would she have seen the game? Um, if she's just going to the dance, and she says, "Congratulations on the victory. Uh, we lost. Oh well, we'll get them next year," which is really sweet. And so. Um, Obviously, we'll never see her again because she's about to uh, join an elite uh, force of fighting women. Um, but uh, it's... I, I really like the episode. I like the way it plays with Richie's expectations and he's got no expectations. Then they build and then they kind of drop and then they build again. And then, yeah, and I, I kind of like that and, and just the way he... Um, you know, maybe if they just shared a bit with him, like I said, that would have been great. And I love everyone's responses, and I love the Fonz. The Fonz, when he... Okay, I didn't I didn't finish saying why I love this scene. Yeah. So, I, I, think, it's a, I think it's a really good episode, and I, I think, like I said, it's the reactions to the episode, and it's the fact that at the end of the day, Cindy and her husband lead the episode by the couple of moments that they have. By the way, she sort of leads everyone else out, which I kind of like because it's, um, you know, she's obviously a big part of the episode, but it is, it's ostensibly about Richie, but it's actually more about like um, a celebrity, a Sandra D-esque celebrity. I say Sandra D just because they say Calypso Beach. If this is 57, 58, Gidget, 58 is when Gidget came out. I forget when Where the Boys Are came out. I think it was 59 uh, or 60. That's a depressing adventure. Anyways, um, but, uh, but yeah, the Beach Party movies really really didn't kick in until the early 60s, 62, 63 was when the main ones kicked in. And Frankie Avalon, uh, the, the, other, the, the interesting thing with, with Frankie Avalon, for me at least, I know him from the Beach Party movies and such. But I, I guess with his career, his first a- album was in like 57 but didn't do much. And 58, he had another album that did more. And 59 was when he has two big uh, number one hits. So to for for glory to mention Frankie Avalon, if if this isn't fifty nine, she's being very sort of prescient about what she is um, saying here. So it's it's yeah, it's tricky because um, uh, if and I I will wrap up my discussion of this episode because there's a lot of fun stuff. There's Joni dressed as Cinderella, looking like sorry sorry Joni looking like a bit like a drag queen, which I love. She looks ferocious, and it's just uh, it's it's wonderful. Uh, but also a little silly too. Standing on the the top of the stairs there, saying "Prince, forsooth, I must leave." With the wig and the dress and the, the makeup and the everything, and the, ah, it's 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 fun. It's fun. Uh, it's it is part of it too. Obviously, is that we got a Hollywood star coming to town, and everyone goes a little crazy. But there's not that much of that actually. It's it's very. There's not that much of that, which I like. Uh, so, um, uh, how much do we love Gloria? We love her a lot. And as I said, the timeline here, who knows when this is? I mean, the mentioning of Frankie Avalon and the sort of... Cause Sa- I, I mean, I thought of Sandra D. I'm sure there were other actresses at that time, but that was my thing, like Calypso Beach. I was thinking of uh, not just Gidget, but Invitation to Life and um, uh, Summer Place. Uh, but those are 58 and 59. Uh, we should put this at 58 and 59. But I thought we'd sort of settled that we're probably in 57 and this probably is after Halloween. But if this is a homecoming dance, that means it's before Halloween. And the way Richie is acting with Gloria makes it feel like it's before the Halloween episode. It makes it feel like it's before the Richie moves out episode. But after the F- Richie's new car, is that the name of it, episode? The other one with Gloria. Yeah, I don't, the, the timing of this, I mean, I'm going to say, I, like I said, 57, 58, I still say 57. I still say 57, although those pop culture references are really more a little bit later in the 50s. Uh, which is, yeah, that happens, that happens. Maybe, maybe this is, no, but it can't be with Gloria because because the, R- Richie's new car is sort of their first date. This is very much... This episode is very much like a, I just gave you my sweater. You're wearing my sweater, and she kind of mentions some dates they've been on. And Potsy and Richard are like, oh, he's in love again. And it's a great moment in the end where he's trying to apologize, and she says, "You know what? Yeah, yeah, let's go steady again, or let's go out again, because I, I like the way you act when you're fighting for your life, or whatever." I forget her line, but it's a it's a glory, glorious 
perfectly good line. And but then but then if you like if you look at the timeline, it, it looks to me like yeah, their first episode together is Richie's new car. Second episode together is this. Third episode is I would say Richie moves out, which seems like it's more beginning of the semester kind of thing. And then Haunted. I mean, to me, Haunted is the most recent of the episodes just because of the time it aired and and the fact that this is Homecoming. And Homecoming is generally late September, early mid October. That's when we had Homecoming. Homecoming was before October. It was an early football game in, in the season with the football guys and things like that. So. So to me, yeah, this episode takes place before Haunted, and I think also before... Because look at the way they act with Gloria. I mean, Gloria, they're playing charades with her, and Richie moves out. She's like, hey, it's Gloria, everybody, when she shows up in Haunted. But here it's like they're at a distance, and she's so angry when she... You know, when, when he hooks her up with Ralph, I might be angry at that, too. I'm kidding, of course. But... Yeah. Just, just, it just, it just, it all feels out of place here. And it could be, it could be a, it could be a production order thing. They could still be trying to do kind of what they did in the first season, make it like a Fantasia on the late fifties, but they had a Halloween episode and this is a homecoming episode. Homecomings aren't specific Halloween, but, but they're, they're of a time. I mean, I, I remember being involved with the homecoming in my junior, senior year of high school, and we would start, school would start at the beginning of September, and two or three weeks later, we'd start working on the homecoming float, and, and it would be mid-October, so it was definitely before Halloween. Uh, yeah, and, and so, and we had a Halloween episode, so, ah, maybe this was meant to show before that, and but still, ah, uh, in the first season, it was easy to do because there was no real continuity. There were no, there were no. I I hesitate to say there were no fixed points in time, and Halloween is a fixed point, and you know some of these dates are I guess malleable, but it's. Yeah, I don't know. Let Let's see what the next episode has. Let Let's go to that again. I think this is a charmer. I will be honest. These the titles. You know what? I'll save this for the next episode. I'll save this thing for the next episode. Um, but let's hop to not with my sister. You don't. You don't. Not you don't. Not with my sister. You don't. November nineteenth, nineteen seventy four. This one. I'm flipping a page on my book. This was in a Jerry. This was in a Jerry. This one is not with my sister. You don't. November nineteenth, nineteen seventy four. Directed by Jerry Paris and written by the same guys. They, they got two episodes in a row. Let's see how they handle this one. credits for this one is are the ones that include um the skating down the hall and take grabbing the toupee and the chinese fire drill I, i'm not going to do that i i was going to do this as an addendum but i forgot to include an addendum a couple episodes ago i still got it floating around here somewhere there were a couple points i had i think on on the first two episodes of the season again i don't i'm watching these off the dvd because that's the official release i could and I will have to eventually uh, uh, go to other routes to get episodes. Um, but I am watching these off the DVD. And, and I know at this season there are changes to um, the music. And it's and so so the music throughout the episode is all doo-wop, 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 you know, that kind of thing. But then when the band is playing uh, during the homecoming dance, they play a couple very generic things where a couple moments I thought I recognized a riff here and there, but I didn't fully like go, hmm, yeah, got it. But it was sort of like, it's 
yeah, it's generic enough that, yeah, whatever. Uh, but the weird thing is, and this is so kind of weird to me that maybe this was in the original episode. When we cut to the Homecoming Dance for the first time, they're playing sort of a rockin', kind of half-ballad, half-rockin' version of Danny Boy. Which was a tune originally published back in 1913. I don't know that the hip kids of 57 or 58 were hoping for Danny Boy when they went to their homecoming. Maybe it's a melancholy thing because they lost the game. Elvis does a kick-ass version of Danny Boy at the very end of his life, uh, one of the Jungle Room sessions, which is really a friggin' heartbreaker, especially at the end. You'll, if, if you got a heart, you'll, you'll tear up. Uh, but, uh, but Danny Boy? What? That's to me. To me, that that strike that that what that reminded me of because obviously I, I would imagine Danny Boy's public domain. Um, uh, they they included it because of that. And let's do generic Danny Boy. Sure, that reminds me of. Um, oh gosh, I forget. Is it Pod People? The 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 uh, uh, MST episode where uh, in the Vention Exchange, um, TV's Frank and Doctor Forrester do their their karaoke machine or karaoke. <laughs> And all the songs on the karaoke machine are um, uh, public domain. So they do a really rousing version of like Ave Maria. That's what that reminded me of when I heard that. So uh, so let's go to the actual episode we're talking about here. Not without my mother. What, what was it? Not with my sister, you don't. Yes. Joni's got her first date with Fonzie's nephew, Spike. Spike dresses like and acts like the Fonz. The family's a little worried, but in the end, they're not that worried because Richie and his date, Carol, are going to double date with Spike and Joni. They're going to go to a movie, a very entertaining movie, a black and white horror film uh, with Tony Randall as a werewolf who makes out with a gal a lot, which is, um, I guess, fun. It's uh, but but then like later, like twenty minutes later, they show another scene and it's the exact same thing, and then they get together and make out. So it's that's a funny moment. Um, but but regards to that, what happens is um, Richie goes to get popcorn, Carol goes to the restroom, and Joni and Spike vanish. So the second half of the episode is Joni and Sp- it's Joni and Spike hunt, and uh, it's it's Richie hears they went to Arnold's, they go to Arnold's, then they go to Inspiration Point, and they can't find them, and it all falls apart, and Richie goes home. Where is Joni? Oh n- no. Everything's okay in the end, though. Joni's all right. Uh, she ends up marrying Chachi. I don't know if you knew that. Uh, did I spoil something for you? But yeah, her, this is the first appearance of Spike. Spike, I think he's only in one other episode, maybe two. I forget. I don't know what you're thinking. If you're a Mr. T, the animated series fan, like I am, you're thinking that there's a character in that called Spike who emulates Mr. T. Spike in Happy Days emulates the Fonz. Mr. T, the Fonz, you know, the Fonz, one of the biggest sort of pop culture characters of the 70s. Mr. T, so one of the biggest pop culture things like the mid 80s or the 80s. So, and that's kind of fun that they're both called Spike. I don't know why they're both called Spike. I don't know why that's why that's a name to use there. But uh, Spike's fun. He's um, there. There is the there is the weird moment with the um, a Cunningham. Your sister's built. She's only 12. Yeah, but she got the, you know, I she's got the she's you know, she's she's like a 13-year-old. I was I wasn't going to go too far down that sentence. Um but but this does say if this is say 1957 I, and here's uh, I don't know what time the, oh god. I I I'm I'm really worried about the timeline on this because if this is post Halloween in Milwaukee which sets it in November. No one looks cold at all. Up at Inspiration Point in the middle of the night, nobody's cold, and they should all be freezing about now. So so there is something that may set the time period, and I'll say what it is, and it's a very big thing that like is in your face. Uh, but you get Joni. So Joni is 12. I'm going to say we're in 1957. I, I know the last episode kind of threw us for a loop, but I'm going to say we're in 57 here. So that's 12. And the interesting thing there is if she's 12, 58, 59, 61, 63, 13, 14, 50, 60, 70, that would kind of work if we hop ahead to 
when she goes to Chicago in Joni Loves Chachi and have the Beatlemania episode, which isn't too far from Christmas of like circa 63-ish. That would kind of make sense if she's around 18 there. And then she's around nineteen or twenty when she marries, uh, like uh, she marries Chachi. I don't, I don't know, but that that kind of makes sense. That may not make sense at all, because yeah, I may not make sense at all. I just thought of that right now when I said that. But Joni is very definitely at this point twelve, and how, let's let's say, how is the episode? I think it's great. I think it's great. I think uh, it starts off great. Uh, you know, Joni's got a date. Erin uh, Moran's face when she comes into the kitchen and everyone's looking at her uh, is, is is great in long shot. And then in, in close-up. And in, in true Jerry Paris fashion. Watch, I, I feel bad saying that. And in true, uh, slightly strange editing <laughs> technique. Because as we go along, we'll see Jerry Paris. As I've said, you'll see tops of sets. You'll see the edges of sets. You'll see craziness. But this... Um, has just the moment where Joni sits down in a long shot reacts to Richie and Mr. C. And then it cuts to a close-up of her, or a medium shot, on just on her, a single shot on her, where she looks up and she reacts again. And it's very funny. She does some good reacting. She doesn't know what's going on. And there's a lot of great stuff. They, they do that sort of thing. No, no, you must you mustn't be on time. You, you have to make him wait. I don't was that a thing? I, I don't remember ever going on a date in like high school or college where a gal like made me wait for a half an hour with her parents or something like that. Um, generally I showed up and, and she was there or, or half the time the dates I was on in high school and, and college and stuff, the, 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 the woman came to where I was and I was there. I was ready. I wouldn't have been late. That's rude. Uh, but I always wonder if if that's just the sitcom conceit. The, no, no, you must make him wait. Because that's like a Petticoat Junction thing. There's an episode I don't particularly like that much from the first season. Where Billy Joe is trying to teach Bobby Joe to be a proper girl. And you, you make him wait. And Bobby's just rolling her eyes. And yeah. Uh, and so it's a super fun episode. It goes along. And it's 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 fun to watch but then the moment they lose Joni and Spike it becomes great because it's Richie running all over the place with his gal who the hell is Carol with him and Carol ends up with Potsy and and I, okay I will I, I'm going to do a timeline thing in a moment but it's great that they give Aaron Moran more to do it's great that Joni has more to do she's absolutely charming she's lots of fun she got a big old a big old uh, what me worry Alfred E. Newman for president poster uh, hanging up in her room, which I love. The the scene where Mrs. C is in the bedroom with Mr. C and realizes that Joni may not know what to do on a date because she's never had that talk with her. And she goes and talks to Joni, kind of wakes up Joni to give her the birds and the bees talk. And Joni says, like, this is my sex talk. I thought it was hilarious. Uh... <laughs> Joni's great. And I was just going to say, the the Mad poster. I'm actually looking at a book right now, Mad, cover to cover, uh, by the usual gang of idiots, with a running commentary by Frank Jacobs. And I'm looking at the December 56 cover, which was issue 30. Uh, and that was the that was the first issue where Alfred E. Newman, um, was it Norman Mingo, um, uh did the proper Alfred E. Newman face that we all know the one was on the poster. And, um, and, and so this was an election where this would have come out about three months before. So say September of 56, possibly before the 1956 election. And I just wanted to read the little blurb that, uh, uh, Frank Jacobs put in here. Ah, um, uh, the year 1956 marked the start of a new regime. Al Feldstein took over from Harvey Kurtzman. Uh, one of the first decisions of the editorial staff was to combine the face of the idiot kid with the name Alfred E. Newman. That was an earlier thing in there. Make a Mads official mascot and cover boy. They hired 60-year-old Norman Mingo, uh, the only veteran of World War One to ever work for Mad. Uh, came out of retirement and drew Alfred E. Newman as we know him. Mad number 30 portrays Alfred as a presidential candidate a role he would assume in all future White House elections. He he is on the cover of the 1960 election one, Nixon and Kennedy, but that one isn't isn't as specifically a um, 
who is the gal Tony Randall is, is kissing? She looks a bit like Cloris Leachman, but she's not. Who is she? Who is she? Uh, oh, she, is she? Isn't she? I don't know. Um, that's a fun. No, I'm sorry. I, that's playing on the screen right now. Uh, so, so the thing for me is the thing that me uh, for me that makes it again 1957 is that uh, she would have Joni would have got the magazine in 56, and she would have hung the poster up in September October, and yeah. A year later, six months later, whatever, it would have still been hanging there. She was a kid. I did that too. I would put up a poster and it would be there forever until you kind of looked at what this poster should come down. So the Alfred E. Newman for President poster, yeah, I, I bet you that is from that issue of Mad. And um, yeah, and that, and that's, that's so, so again, I'm calling 57 on this. I've got one more very specific uh, thing to bring to you as far as dating goes. And I don't mean dating Joni and, and, and Spike. Although I might mean dating uh, Carol and Richie. Carol? Where did Gloria go? Why does this keep happening? I I think because Gloria shows up a bunch in this season. And she is there for Halloween. And this clearly, everyone running around, gals in skirts, guys in little sweaters and things like that. This ain't November. So this is before that. Although I don't, I don't know when exactly this is. I'm still saying it's 57, and I'm saying this episode takes place like the other episode. Is it ROTC? I forget which episode it is. Um, you go to my head. I forget. Uh, who's sorry now? Oh, who's sorry now? Yeah, that's right. Like who's sorry now? Who's sorry now? And this one take place before the school year that begins in September of 57. They do take place at school time. School time. So I think they take place in early 57. Unless they take place in early 58. Um, but the thing that makes me think this one doesn't take place at that time is that Mr. C is sitting in bed as Mrs. C is going to give Joni the talk reading a Life magazine. A Life magazine with Ernie Kovacs on the cover. And that Life magazine is from April 15th, 1957. Yes, there is every chance that this could be a year later, two years later, three years later, and he is reading through some old Life magazines. That doesn't fully feel like Mr. C to me. In my mind, that magazine is probably not brand new he's probably just sitting down with it now so to me in my mind this is like may of 57 so it's spring that's why everyone is dressed so sort of casually like an inspiration point in the middle of the night because it's spring so this episode is spring and uh the who's sorry what the heck was that who's sorry now episode is kind of like in spring around the same time and the Gloria episodes are set in September, October of 57. So this is 57, but the episodes are all out of order. Now, maybe there's a reason for that. Maybe at the end of the season, maybe the season finale will tie everything in. Of course it's not going to. I'm making that up. I'm lying. There, it's probably a production order thing. I'm having a tough time finding the production orders for everything. But, um, but yeah, so this is, I would say, April, May of 57. I'm going to say May for some reason. We're going to put Who's Sorry Now there. We're going to put all the other ones. I guess maybe ROTC too. I don't think Gloria's not in ROTC. Is she? I don't... She, no, she's not. Uh, Wendy is though. Um, and Wendy is in this one. She features uh, in this one. She's got a, a really good scene. And I don't just say that because she's in a very short skirt and it's Misty Rowe. She has a very fun scene with the guys where she's... Um, yeah, it's fun. It's fun, and, and Marsha is very dismissive of her. But Marsha has a great scene, too, where Patsy doesn't have a date for Saturday night, and he calls up a gal. It's something like, Ralph, I can fix you up with with um, uh, Wendy. Oh, is she, is she going to... Oh, well, I don't want to... Is she going to be a, a available Saturday night? Yeah. Who wants to go out with Wendy? Or something like that. Wah, wah. Uh, but, and then you see Patsy trying to call Wendy before Patsy ends up with Carol. Uh, but you see him trying to call 
Wendy, and she won't go out with him. And there's a very lovely scene where Marcia explains the rules of dating. I'm not going to go to them uh, into them too in depth here, but it's very much a um, you know, you know, you can you call a gal by Thursday for a date on Saturday. If you know her and you've gone out there before, you can try Friday, but you never call a gal on Saturday that you don't know that well for a Saturday date, something like that. And Patsy says something. And and, and Marcia says, well, like, that's the code. And Patsy says, that's stupid. And she says, yeah, but it's the only code we got. And it's, it's a nice, it's a nice scene. It's, um, part of me likes that they stopped in the middle of this and had that scene but another part of me would have liked to have seen like the where the heck is Joni where the heck is Joni where the heck is Spike sort of ratcheted up a bit more but I'm okay with how it goes and I like too that on Inspiration Point the one person who can actually shut down Inspiration Point for a minute is the Fonz he's making out with a gal in her convertible because she's in the driver's seat and the guys kind of wander up and disturb him. And he's like, okay, we don't know where Joni and Spike are. And he sits in the back seat of the car. He's like, all right, everyone. Have you seen da-da-da-da-da? And they haven't. So they're not here. They never made it to Inspiration Point. And uh, I'm convinced by Inspiration Point. And the fact, too, that it's like the middle of the night. And there's no breath visible. And everyone's dressed the way they've been dressed all day. I'm sorry. I harp so much on the dating of everything and that's part of that is because uh as we go along i will say this um fonzie's gal really is giving like potsy a look did you see that i think she's it's potsy right she's really giving potsy a look there huh um but um i i harp on the date because there will be a time and i've said this before where the dating will become a thing where we will have actual, you know, like Christmas 1960 kind of thing. Boom. This is actually at that time. And where you can start dating everything properly. We're still in kind of the nebulous area here, but I think that Life magazine, for me, kind of nails it. Um, and and some of the other things going on kind of nail it too. Mm. Uh, we do get a very wonderful early Jerry Paris. Oh boy, is that the top of the set? In the scene where Richie gets home, is talking to Mr. C, and Mr. C is very nonchalant. They're walking around the living room, and you see the the t- like the top of the wall in the background, in the corner, and then you see like some more space, which is kind of like grotty looking. And it's like, what is what is that space right there? What is going what is going on right there? That's that's li- so so like there the floor ends and then there's more floor but then the camera like like pulls back so you can't see that anymore after a moment almost like don't don't show them that but that will be a Jerry Paris thing always tilting the camera up too high sometimes too low and you do see it in that scene where Mr C walks up to the card table and picks up the co- a cup of tea or coffee you see far too much of the uh, in the up up upper right hand corner you see far too much of what's going on right there and I love it. Uh, I don't know if I should spoil this one. I mean, um, Joni's cool. Uh, no, I'm not going to spoil this one. I'm not going to tell you how it ends. I'm not going to tell you what happened to Joni. She marries Chachi. Okay, so that means maybe her and Spike are okay in this episode. It's it's a sweet episode. It's it's a fun episode. It's um, There are some great moments between uh, Richie and the Fonz. Um, uh... Carol, Carol ends up starts with Richie, goes to Potsy, then ends up with Ralph, and at the at the, the the final scene, she actually she, we're in her car and she drives away with Ralph in her car. So that's that's the most, yeah, I, yeah. I really like this episode, Joni. I, I've said before that I think Joni, Joni and the Fonz, at the end of the show, for uh, across the entire arc of the show, are the hearts of the show. I think the Fonz is superhuman as he might get. He's also Henry Winkler always plays him beautifully. He's always a great character. He's always fun to watch. And Joni, as I think I've said before, she grows up. She grows up. So that's that's whether we like it or not. That's something you have to register that as that goes. Um, and so. It's a super fun episode. There's a lot of great stuff in it. The running around in the second half is fun. Although I, I do... I, 
I wish I guess he should have explained it better to Carol. Like, you know, I'm going up to get popcorn. Don't you leave. Uh, but he didn't. Uh, there's a great... I love the couple. Uh, Richie goes down the wrong aisle and gives um, a couple popcorn thinking they're Spike and Joni. And they're they're a fun couple. Uh, they're enjoying free popcorn and having a good time. That werewolf movie they're watching is great. If this is, if this is 57, this is around the time of the werewolf, the, the super fun movie, the werewolf. It would be a few years before Curse of the Werewolf. Uh, Werewolf-type movies were dead mainly throughout the 50s. Apart from here and there, there were things, there, there were some here and there. Uh, but they were pretty much dead until, yeah, um, you know, uh, they were actually kind of dead for for quite some time, but um, there there was the werewolf in '57, so this could be this this to me looks more like it's doing like a house on haunted hill kind of wacky old dark house like a menagerie of of crazy monsters and things thundercrack uh, all showing up in in a in a in a haunted old dark house at the same time kind of thing. And I love it. It's 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 a fun little sort of throwaway scene that I really like. And Joni's great, and and the the birds of the beast thing is great. Mister C is great. Um, I'm not going to tell you the ending, and um, yeah, really good episode. I I do quite like Wish Upon a Star. Uh, Wish Upon a Star isn't as funny. I I like kind of what it's doing more. Whereas Not with My Sister You Don't is starts off one way and then becomes something else, which I, I really love when sitcoms do that. And um, uh, yeah. I, uh, I I think both of these are, are very good episodes. Uh, next up, uh, Big Money and a Star is Bored. Oh, boy. So, oh, and Big Money's going to be topical. I'll have to check to see when... Gosh, I feel like we may, be, we may be even going further back in time. Farther back in time. Um with big money okay well we'll we'll settle it here here right now we'll say this episode is circa may 1957 and this was uh, uh the this episode season two episode four episode 12 of rock and roll week with you the happy days podcast i am dan your host thank you so much everyone for listening uh you can get in touch with me at danny d-a-n-n-y slacks s-l-a-c-k-s at yahoo.com uh, you can also eventually super train like Addy super train one on, on Twitter and eventually super train on Facebook. You do that. That's, uh, uh, you know, uh, one of my podcasts there. And, um, yeah, thank you so much for listening. I'm, I'm having a great time here and I'm, I'm excited to talk these next two episodes. It's, it's interesting because the last two wish upon a star. Like I said, I remember when, when I read the synopsis, I was like, Oh, I don't remember being thrilled on this one. And not my sister, you don't, I thought, okay, I think I really like this one. And, of course, I quite like both of them. Big Money is Star's Board. When I checked the synopses, both of them, I kind of shook my head. and was like, oh, mm, okay. Well, yeah, we'll see. Uh, we'll see how these two go. Let's see. Although A Star is Board, I don't think is what I think it was. I know it wasn't, in fact. And I'll talk more about that next time. But thank you so much, everyone, for listening to Rockin' All Week with you. And let us go out with some Danny Boy. No, I actually don't know what we're going to go out with. I'm going to be surprised. For all I know, it might be Danny Boy. Talk to you guys soon. Be good to yourselves. Thank you. Monday, Monday, happy days. Tuesday, Wednesday, happy days. Thursday, Friday, happy days. The weekend comes. My cycle hums. Ready to race to you. Sky, hello blue. There's nothing can hold me when I hold you. You're so right, you can't be wrong. Rocking and rolling all week long.